Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Well, Jason, I'm here. <laughs> so I, I noticed a long sigh before you said that, Bill, but I, I'm glad you're here because this would be a very hard show for me to do without you. Uh, you, you know, it feels it feels like a, a, a Monday morning and where, you know, you, you just sort of uh, have a hard time crawling out of bed and paddling to the to the bathroom and, and it's like, oh, woe is me. But um, so I feel sort of feel that way <laughs> this morning. But uh, life is actually good. I really have nothing to complain about, uh, uh, other than I'm feeling old. Uh, you, you know that that's. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I know that I have a, a lot of compadres out there that says, "Yes, I know exactly how you feel." Uh, but the fact is, you can feel this way at any age. Uh, you, you know, I, I remember those uh, days back in uh, teenage years and high school and college where you didn't want to get out of bed. And, uh, you know, I'm sure you have, too. I mean, I, th- I don't think it's unique to me. I think that's uh, just a, uh, uh, something uh, th- that's true for us. But I, I will say, as, as we get older... Um, uh, it comes more often. <laughs> well, we can all identify with that. But the good news is is that we, we just have to sit down behind a microphone for the next 45 the, minutes yeah, or so. We don't have to do difficult. anything hard. It's, a, it's exactly. It, that's, uh, that's the good news. Um, and I don't have a to, you know, a, a to-do list um, that has given, been given to me. Uh, so... Bottom line, this uh, is a really nice time to to share. This is, and I know you love this show and spreading information that you think will help those who are listening. And I think one thing that we can all identify with as well, other than feeling old, Mm -hmm. is that, you know, we put plans in place and we have these expectations, but sometimes those plans can fail. No question. And that's... uh, that's a really important topic. Uh, why planning fails, um, and uh, it, it, there's a number of different things that need to be looked at. But the the fact is, planning is important. You, you know, if you don't plan, you will fail. <laughs> you know, how many people are lucky enough just to to go through life without planning for anything and things just fall into the right place every time. It just doesn't happen. And, and so, um, uh, but, but there uh, is good planning and there's bad planning uh, and there's everything in between. Uh, and, and the fact is that uh, folks need to know where the ruts are in the road. Uh, because every plan uh, has a few ruts, if you will. There's there's not a road you can travel down where it's uh, smooth and perfect uh, the, for the whole trip. Let's just put it that way. And so, um, uh, but the fact is that um, 
in, in fact, I use a slide in a, a lot of presentations uh, that I make uh, that surprises folks because, uh, but I want folks to understand that this is a really important topic. And the slide actually says most wills and trusts don't work. Now, here I am, a fellow who does wills and trusts, and what, why would I preach to the choir out here saying, I want you to do one, but it might not work? <laughs> well, I, I mean, the fact is uh, that there are lots and lots of reasons why plans don't work, but you would think an estate plan, which has to do with your family, uh, should work every time, right? I mean, now, you know, for instance, with business planning, there are lots of factors that can screw up a, a good business plan. It, you know, one is that you don't change with the times or the facts that there are unexpected events that uh, or unexpected competition, or it could be that uh, a, a supplier that you rely on um, uh, it goes out for multiple reasons and is not available to you anymore and then you're looking around for how how are you going to make that up um it, it could be uh that the economic reasons are just um you know down down in the dumps and your your business uh uh you know basically uh, loses a lot of money because of that. I mean, there are lots of reasons that you can have the perfect business plan, but it goes stale uh, or it doesn't work. And it's not necessarily because you didn't plan. Uh, but the fact is, is that if you've planned well and it's flexible and you change with the times, that uh, and you have the the capital and everything else that's necessary, then it's highly likely that your plan will work and and sometimes uh, work to such a degree that it it, it uh, blows you. You know, everything is just far better than what expectations were. So, and and then you know, uh, but when it comes to your your family, you you presume. Uh, and assume that things are going to go uh, a certain way, uh, and sometimes they go exactly the way you think, uh, and other times they don't. And some, you know, frankly, there are lots of things as it relates to families that um, make a huge difference in terms of, of how we plan. You know, one is... Uh, the the quality of our marriage. Uh, it might be that uh, we have a very difficult child or grandchild. Um, it, you know, we might have a child who just doesn't know how to budget or spend money, uh, or they have a drug problem or an alcohol problem or multiple other problems, or it just can be that... that um, uh, folks are mean or estranged or, you know, there's, there's lots of um, circumstances. It's, it's, uh, there are very few of us that have what I call the Ozzie and Harriet family, 
where life is perfect. <laughs> it's always, you know, the, the sun is always shining. Uh, you, you know, that just doesn't happen for most of us. You know, all uh, it, it would be the rare family that doesn't have some issues. And, of course, planning is about how, how do we get the best result even though we do have issues and uh, and the like. So anyway, uh, so why do plans fail? Uh, sometimes and oftentimes it's because people think, okay, well, we went to a lawyer, we got estate planning documents, so now we are done, you know? Uh, and the fact is, is that, uh, you know, getting, uh, and quite frankly, sometimes people have the right documents in place, and sometimes they don't. But, you know, obviously when you go to a lawyer, you assume, at least, that you have the right documents in place for that time of your life. Sometimes you do, sometimes you don't. Um, but the the... The fact is, having the right documents at the right time in your life is really, really important. And of course, uh, for seniors, for those uh, who are older, um, nearing retirement, or already retired, uh, and uh, moving forward, uh, thinking about themselves and the next generation and the next generation after that, oftentimes. Um, we need documents that are different than the documents that we had uh, 20 years earlier or sometimes even five or 10 years earlier. And and that's really important to know. But the fact is, is that uh, having the right legal documents is just the first part of a good plan that will actually work. Now, what's one of the reasons that oftentimes a, a will or a trust will not work for a married couple? Well, the fact is, is that most of us who are married for a long time, we have almost everything we own held joint with right of survivorship. Now, our real estate is held by husband and wife and that's called tenants by the entirety, but it's basically survivorship. We have our bank accounts held jointly with right of survivorship. We have our investment accounts the same way. We have our retirement accounts, which, of course, are very important assets to people today. And they have a beneficiary designation. So we've named our spouse as our first beneficiary, and typically our children as secondary beneficiaries. Um same is true for our life insurance. That's a beneficiary designation. If we have an annuity, we that has a beneficiary designation. So when you get through, and you have to understand that all of those ways that we own property passes that property to the survivor without regard to what's in your will or in your trust, right? So guess what? What does your will or trust pass to whomever? And that's the question. I mean, what do you have left? And, and the fact is, is that for most folks, 
it's your stuff. It's you know, it's it might be your tangible personal property, your gar, you know, your stuff in the attic, you know. But the fact is, is that you don't generally do a will or a trust just for your stuff. <laughs> so now, if you have a real simplistic situation where you want everything to go to your spouse and then equally to your children, then uh, oftentimes the way you have things set up will actually work. But you ha- if you have any kind of sophisticated plan at all, whether it's a tax plan or whether it's a, a plan for your children uh, to receive property at, at uh, your death or the second death uh, between you and your spouse, uh, or it's uh, it, it's kind of thing where uh, you you have uh, other needs, special needs children. You 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 have a spendthrift child. You have uh, lots. I mean, there's so many variables in terms of what you're trying to accomplish that a simple will or or uh, is may not work. Now there are other reasons trusts don't work, and I'll get into that too. But there are also reasons that your will may not work right. So, you know, when we come back, I'll talk about many of those things. Make sure you don't fall into this category. Have your documents reviewed by an elder law attorney and make sure that they're doing exactly what you intend them to do because you don't want to be hit with any surprises along the way. If you would like to schedule some time to speak with Bill, you can go online to WGA Law. WGALaw.com. You can also register and attend Bill's free webinars if you would like to learn more about uh, asset protection and trust planning or long-term care assistance. Now, Bill usually does both of these subjects at his monthly webinars. However, this September, Wednesday, September 13th, will only feature the long-term care assistance webinar. We'll resume the asset protection and trust planning webinar in october but you can register for free right now online by going to wgalaw.com click on the seminars button at the top of the page wgalaw.com or call 919-256-7000 919-256-7000 we're taking a quick break but we'll be right back this is asset protection today with attorney bill alexander we'll be back after this Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can learn more about Bill or schedule some time to speak with him by going to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. That's also where you can go to register for Bill's long-term care assistance webinar happening on Wednesday, September 13th. This is free to attend, free to register, learn more about Medicaid, VA benefits, and other forms of financial assistance for you or a loved one dealing with with a long-term care crisis. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button to learn more. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we're talking about why plans often fail. We've gone over beneficiary designations and how those impact wills. What else do we need to know? 
Well, uh, a, a topic that I uh, broach frequently with folks uh, is uh, they will come in, people will come in and say, well, uh, we, we had these trusts uh, created for ourselves, uh, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Uh, would you please review them? Which I do. And, and frankly, yeah, you have to understand the laws have changed a, a lot. There are lots of options we have now that were not really considered. Tax laws have changed a good bit as well. So uh, most of the time when I review a trust, uh, I can have a number of recommendations to make changes. That's about having the right documents. But one of the first things I ask folks is, okay, you have a trust. That's wonderful. What's in it? What have you transferred from your name to your name as trustee uh, for your trust? In other words, what we call trust funding. In other words, transferring your property to the trust. Well, oftentimes I get the deer in the headlights look like, what do you mean? Well, the fact is, is that's what I call beware the magic book. In other words, a lot of folks think that, okay, we signed this contract, this trust, and that's what a trust is. It's a contract. Uh, It's a contract you make with yourself and your spouse, (laughs) okay? Uh, And and so it's, um, we you know, we have this book. Doesn't this take care of us? And the answer is no, it doesn't. In fact, having an unfunded trust almost always creates more problems and more expense and more time-consuming issues than not having a trust at all. Now, if you have a trust agreement, the right documents that are that's fully funded, then it will make your estate easier, faster, and less expensive to administer when you die. But if you don't, if you haven't funded it, and see, and this sometimes is the fault. It's a dual fault. Okay, it's the fact that obviously whoever did the trust didn't emphasize the fact that you had more work to do. You you have to assign property and deed property that you have into your um, to your trustee, which normally is going to be you. Uh, you create the trust, you name yourself as trustee, and you're the primary beneficiary. And if it's a joint trust, it's you and your wife doing it, or you and your spouse doing it, I should say. So, um, you know, beware the magic book. I mean, that's a huge issue. If you haven't transferred your property to the trust, or the other thing that happens frequently is, oh, we, we did this trust back in Virginia or New York or pick, you know, and then we moved here to be close to our grandchildren. And, I, and I'll say, oh, okay, well, did, you sold your house up there in Virginia. Oh, yeah. And you bought a house down here. Oh, yeah. Well, did you put that house in this trust? No, we've got to do that. <laughs> you know, or how about your investment accounts? Are, are they in, you know, in your name as trustee? Well, I don't know. Here's my account statement. What do you look for us? Well, do you see trustee next to your name? Nope. Uh, well, okay, that means you haven't put it in your 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 trust. So 
The point is, is that it's not just about having the right documents. That that obviously is important. So I'm really happy to help people when I review uh, their trust documents or their wills or their powers of attorney, all of those being critical documents. But the fact is, is that, uh, and I, I, like I said, you know, there have been so many changes over the last number of years in terms of circumstances, taxes, and options that people have with their documents that uh, frequently, uh, uh, you know, updating their documents is exactly what they need. But that's the first step. It, it doesn't get you where you're trying to go. It just gets you down the road a few feet. <laughs> and so uh, the, the next step is making sure that the way you own your property, the title to your property, and your beneficiary designations are consistent with your planning, with your with those right documents that you uh, have. And then you have, you know, what else can go wrong is the fact that uh, oftentimes that after you do your trust or sometimes before you do your trust, uh, you have talked to other professionals, uh, bankers, investment advisors, and the like, and you've set up accounts at the bank and you've set up accounts with your investment advisor and you have retirement accounts and sometimes you've purchased an annuity and things like that or life insurance. And guess what? So you've already, you think you've done it right because the banker has told you to do it a particular way. Your investment advisor says, oh, you need to sign these beneficiary designation forms. And so what I'm getting at is the fact that all of us have these uh, beneficiary designations and rights of survivorship uh, and the like when we create a trust or when we create a last will and testament. If we haven't changed how we title our property to be consistent with our will or trust, then guess what? Our will or trust is not going to work the way we want it to. And guess what? If you have a sophisticated tax plan, I mean, I don't have any clients that want to pay more tax than they have to. So, you know, one goal that people have is not only to take care of myself and my spouse, but to pay the little, um, uh, the smallest amount of tax that, that we can legally and properly uh, pay. I get that. So the point is that if you have a tax plan in your will or your trust and you don't have your title to property the, consistent with that plan, Guess what? Your tax plan's not going to work. Likewise, if you have a plan, let's say you have a second marriage or a third marriage, and you have children by a previous marriage, uh, and you um, uh, want to uh, help your spouse, but your your main goal is to make sure that your property ends up in the hands of your children. And, and not controlled by your spouse. So what do we do? 
we can still have something that protects our, our surviving spouse. It could be an income-only trust. It could, you know, it, 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 but oftentimes we have what we call remarriage restrictions so that uh, our children might be involved in the trust uh, along with our spouse. And if our spouse remarries, we might cut the spouse off or reduce or eliminate what the spouse might receive so that we're protecting that principle to go to our children uh, at some point uh, or at or at, upon our death. So, the, but the point is, if we have these kind of restrictions, and then we have a beneficiary designation that's, that says it goes to my spouse, then it's over. Because if you die first, then your spouse gets it, and then the spouse can do whatever they wish, and it might end up in the hands of your children, and it might not. So most of my clients won't be able to sleep at night knowing that what they actually want to happen will, in fact, happen. And, uh, you know, we, we trust the, the folks that we marry, you know, typically, <laughs> you know, and we, we trust that they'll say what they want us to do. But to me, I, I'll rather have to know legally that that will occur uh, rather than not. So, and, and there are other, other ways that this can happen as well. So I know we have to take a break, but uh, we'll, we'll continue down this road. We will continue down this road. And if you uh, maybe had some worries during that segment with Bill that maybe you're not quite sure if your documents will do exactly what you want or uh, maybe they're not working in harmony. Maybe you can't remember the beneficiary designations that you've set and want to have those reviewed by an elder law attorney. Schedule some time to speak with Bill. Go to WGALaw.com. That's the easiest way to do it. From there, WGALaw.com. You can also register for Bill's free webinars. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, and other forms of financial assistance that may be available to you or a loved one dealing with a long-term care crisis, be sure to register for Bill's September webinar happening on Wednesday, September 13th. It's free to register, free to attend. These are highly educational sessions that you get to learn more from Bill. And Thomas Alexander is also a prominent feature in these webinars as well. Bill's son, you can go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button. It's free to register, free to attend, WGALaw.com, or call 919-256-7000, 919-256-7000. A quick break and back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be back after this. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Find more about Bill at WGALaw.com, WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, we've been talking all about why plans fail. And there's certainly a lot that goes into this. 
Well, an, another common uh, mistake that uh, occurs, particularly with with uh, singles, is that as we age, uh, we start worrying about whether we're you know how fast we're going downhill, and sometimes we will ask a son or daughter to uh, help us uh, with our finances to make sure our bills get paid and the like. And so uh, it's not unusual for somebody to uh, ask their uh, child to go with them to the bank and put the child's name on the bank account or the investment account uh, for the purpose of allowing the child to uh, help manage the money, you know, to make sure the bills are paid. And in other words, we're doing it for convenience as opposed to the intention that that child will, in fact, receive all of that money in the bank account or the investment account. Well, guess what? When you take your child down to the bank or the investment advisor and put their name on the account, then 90% of the time it's going to be uh, a signature card with rights of survivorship. And that can be very problematic, um, particularly if you have more than one child. Uh, Why? Because more often than not, the intention is, oh, my child will do the right thing and share this account with her or his siblings. You know, I have three children. I want an equal division. My will says that I leave everything equally to my children. But to the degree, if you've set up your account where you've got your daughter on there helping you, well, guess what? Legally, upon your death, she gets the entire amount of that account, whether it's the investment account or bank account. And it doesn't matter what your will says because the contract at the bank takes precedence, has priority over anything that your will says. Now, can the other children complain about that? Of course they can. Uh, but the fact is, is legally the money belongs to the surviving child that was on the account. Now, if the other children can prove that that account was set up for convenience uh, of the parent and not because of the intent to leave it to that child, then a court could overturn it. But the fact is, is that part of planning is to reduce or eliminate the problems of litigation upon your death. You want things to be simple. You want things to flow. But that's the difference between presuming or assuming that your child is going to do the right thing. Maybe they will, but they could just as easily after you're gone to your surprise, of course you're dead, so it doesn't matter, say, oh no, dad intended for me to, because I was helping him. I was doing all the work and you guys were sitting back doing nothing. And he, he expected me to receive this on my own. Sorry, guys, this is mine. So <laughs> that, that's the kind of thing. And none of us want 
our children to be fighting. Uh, our, you know, we want our children to love each other after we're gone. We want them to be close to each other. And if you don't set up your estate right, then then you are setting your children up to be fighting after you're gone. And that's um, that's what you really, really don't want. So now, how can you avoid that? Can you still have your your son or daughter go with you to the bank? Yes, but but the way to do it properly and the way that is rarely done is you have a general durable power of attorney where you've named that child as the or one of your agents and they go on your bank account as your agent, as your attorney in fact, or what most people say, my power of attorney. And that's right. Uh, but the fact is, is if they're acting as your agent, then it's not their account. Everything they're doing is on your behalf as your fiduciary. So it's not an issue upon your death. Your will will actually take precedence and or your trust will take precedence in terms of who gets the money uh, at your death. And so, uh, you know, that's important. Of course, there is another step in estate planning, too, that can be important because not everyone wants their spouse or children to have absolute access and control of your estate. So part of estate planning is not only who gets your estate at your death, but how they get it and when they get it and how much they get at any particular time. And with good planning, you can actually structure that. Uh, it's just like you, you can leave uh, if, if you want to make sure your estate goes to your children, but you might have a surviving spouse whom you love and you want to make sure they're taken care of. You can create a, a plan that takes care of your spouse but has limitations in it so that you control where that money goes at your spouse's death rather than your spouse controlling. Because planning is all about control. It's all about flexibility. Um, you know, the best plans are plans that basically uh, have a, a vehicle to take you down the road where it takes care of you first and you and your spouse in whatever way you need to, and creates a plan in the event that either of you or both of you become disabled, uh, where you cannot manage your, your money and property during your lifetime. So it's a matter of naming the right person to help you do that and giving them the authority to do that. But also, and the best plans give that person your fiduciary instructions on how you expect your money to be spent on you. Uh, that's called disability planning, which I think is important, particularly in trusts. And then how you know who you want to get your property at your death, and how you want them to receive it. Uh, and when you want. And so what I'm getting at, many of my clients like to give their children asset protect lifetime asset protection trusts 
because as parents, we worry about their marriages. Uh, we worry sometimes about other issues in terms of, of folks uh, that might try to get into their pockets and take uh, their inheritance away from them. Uh, and so we, we like to do what we can to protect our children or grandchildren, and, and that uh, you can do with, with good planning. So anyway, it's, it's more than just having the right documents, though. There's a level of customization that I don't think a lot of people realize. And if you haven't sat down with an elder law attorney to review those options and see how you can customize and execute your plans, schedule some time to speak with Bill. Go to WGALaw.com. From there, you can find information on scheduling some time to speak with Bill. You can find information about the whole team at WG Alexander and Associates, Law. Com is also where you can go to register for Bill's free webinars. If you are interested in learning more about Medicaid and VA benefits and other forms of financial assistance when it comes to dealing with a long-term care crisis, sign up for Bill's September webinar happening on Wednesday, September 13th. Bill does these the second Wednesday of every month, and this is a wonderful opportunity for you to learn more from Bill and also from Thomas Alexander as well. Go to WGALaw.com, click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. A quick break and back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back. listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. You can learn more about Bill at WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button at the top of the page to learn more about Bill's free webinars as well. WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, it always helps to learn from other people and we get these opportunities because these stories that your clients experience that can be helpful lessons for us who are listening. No, no question. Asset protection is a really important part uh, of our practice in terms of uh, uh, folks uh, legitimately want to uh, protect their homes and their other their properties, uh, and and that's important. I had clients who came in, wonderful people. Uh, and they came in specifically, uh, not only because they wanted some good documents, but they wanted to transfer their home to their children, uh, reserving a life estate, so because they knew they wanted to stay in their home, but they also wanted to make darn sure that their children received the home uh, without fight, without you know, creditor issues and other things like that. Now, these folks were not ancient. They, yes, they were seniors. They were retired, but barely, okay. But they had had some experience uh, where things didn't go very well uh, in one of their family situations, and they were trying to avoid it. So, you know, their one of their goals was, we want to transfer our house. And I was going, no, 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 no. You really don't want to do that. And recognizing 
that <clears throat> the laws in other states might or, or will be different than in North Carolina. But I, I said, do you realize that in North Carolina, if you just simply have a will that gives your house to your children, that it's not considered a probate asset. So the moment your will is probated, there's no charge from the clerk's office for the fact uh, that any of your real estate, and the real estate under North Carolina law belongs to your children, not to the estate, the moment your will is probated after your death. And very simple, no big deal. They said, no, we, we didn't understand that. And I said, uh, and say, you don't want, I mean, the, the, what I look at is I said, it's really important for you to have control of your home and flexibility. The fact is, while you right now you intend to stay at your home, but up the road you may decide your home's paid for, so you may decide that you're, you have a better situation to sell your home and move to a different location for a hundred different reasons. Well, guess what? If you transfer your home to your children today uh, with a life estate, you know, the fact is, is that you will have to have your children's permission to, to transfer your home in the future. And not only your children, but the, your children's spouses will have to consent as well, because then you've, you've given them the right, and basically you can't force them to sign. You're not, furthermore, you're not going to be able to get a loan on your house without their consent and signature as well. And you may decide that that's in your best interest. Well, do you really want to give up that control over your house by doing what you're saying? As an asset protection attorney, I can protect your house all day long in the future from Medicaid estate recovery and other issues. As long as you have my documents in place, I can protect your home in the future. So why would you want to give up that that? control. Plus, it can result in tax issues because if if your children are part owners, even remainder interests in your house and you sell your house, guess what? They, Your children get part of the money and they have to pay income tax on it, whereas you don't have to pay any income tax on the sale of your house because you have a $500,000 exemption from the sale of, of your home. So do you really want to lose part of the equity you have in the house uh, to taxation or for the money to go to your children instead of you? I mean, again, there are tax issues. There's Medicaid issues, you know, because there's a sanction for a gift that you might make, even though I'm not worried about five years for you. So I'm just saying there's a hundred reasons why you shouldn't do it. (laughs) So... Uh, but, but people come to you with ideas that this will make things simpler and better when, in fact, it's bad planning. It's a great idea to go see an elder law attorney before you make a decision that could have some very serious consequences. If you want to schedule some time to speak with Bill, go to WGALaw.com or call 919 256 7,000. A quick break and back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back. 
listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com. Click on the Seminars button to register for Bill's free webinar happening on Wednesday, September 13th. Learn more about long-term care assistance, financial assistance for those dealing with a long-term care crisis. This deals with Medicaid, VA benefits, and it's free to attend. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page or call 919-256-7000. That will do it for us today. We hope you'll join us again next weekend. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong. Thank you so much for listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful day.